Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. Hello, 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 Internet. It's Saturday. It's 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for the... I almost said the relic ride. God damn it. <laughs> Wrong day. Gaming Gumbo, our weekly gaming wrap-up. Of course, we always do the show live here, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio, 7 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. So if you can join us, that'd be awesome. we got chat hanging by uh, with all of their opinions for everything we're going to discuss. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, as always. Magic Man, and this is episode 88, closing in on 100, gentlemen, not too far away. We've got good news, we've got bad news, and you know what? I'm hoping the weather holds. So in eastern Pennsylvania, they are now under tornado warnings. We got the worst of the storms themselves already, but we're still under, like, obnoxiously high wind alerts. <laughs> like, obnoxiously. So... If you're watching on YouTube, listening on iTunes, Spotify, any of those places, we absolutely love and appreciate it. Thank you. Thumbs up, subscribe, turn on notifications, leave a review, and of course, comment on the show itself so that, uh, yeah, people see it. If you like it, tell a friend. But if this episode all of a sudden ends at 23 and a half minutes, abruptly, you'll know what happened. <laughs> like my, my power just went kaput because if the power goes out, even if it's only for a minute or two, we're not going to try and just refire it back up and pick up. It's just, nope, that's the end of the show. God bless. Have a great weekend. <laughs> Joining me to go over everything, Mr. Troy Blackburn, the noob fridge. What's up, sir? We spent last night under tornado warnings and the wind is blowing like crazy today. So yeah. I feel you. Yeah, it hasn't been bad. Like, obviously, if you're outside and I'm going out for a smoke and it's windy as hell. But the power mm. flickered a couple of times this afternoon, but it didn't go out yet. I did a podcast with Flynn and it was fine. So we'll see how this one goes. Also on the line, resident artist of Ready Check Radio, it's Yod. What's up, sir? What's up? It's, uh, tornado stuff went, like, right north of us. So yeah. Through, like... Yeah, Arkansas, through Tennessee. Me. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through, yeah <laughs> uh, on their way to you guys, yeah. <laughs> apparently. And apparently I slept through it this morning. <laughs> Metallica fan in chat saying, can't imagine living with hurricane warnings, etc. In the UK, we get two millimeters of snow and it's the end of the world. Yeah, but it rains all the time there. So I can't imagine right. that either. Yeah, we're, we're all, all three of us are isolated from like hurricanes. Usually when hurricanes hit the US, the three of us get the residual heavy downpour rain yeah it rains a lot yeah. after it has stopped being a hurricane in in the yep. northeast here but yeah severe thunderstorm warnings tornado warnings in eastern pennsylvania now uh and my my son torchwick not going to be streaming tonight he has rehearsal for a, a show at uh, his college but they're getting pounded by the storms that already made it their way through here. So, hey, we got a lot of stuff to cover, but Yod was kind of, he's had a few days off. Like when you look back at the schedule, because <laughs> we had a week or two where we couldn't do the show and one was a scheduled thing. And then the next was Troy had told me, hey, I can't do the show on the 25th. And I was like, yeah, no problem. And he gave me like a month's notice or whatever. And I totally forgot. And when I figured it out, I was like, Oh yeah, he can't do this today. Hey, um, 
Zista, you're still good. And Dom's like, uh, I'm at PAX. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Well, I guess we're not doing a show tonight. <laughs> hey, Yod, fourth week off in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Yod, you were feeling a little left out when we were showing some of our collectibles. Bit, and so pre-show, bit. you showed yeah. some of your collectibles. Are there one or two you want to show everybody uh, on the show? Um, no, I think I went through most of them. I mean, there was oh, the Kane figure. Uh, look at him was... teasing the pre-show. He's like, no, I ain't the, showing the, him here. Yeah, you yeah there's me. a whole bunch of Halo stuff from the wife's collection. Um, I, I couldn't really find the Assassin's Creed stuff, but she has the, the collector's editions from the first few games. So, you know, the little figures and stuff. Yeah. Somewhere here. And then I showed off the three uh, StarCraft II collector's boxes oh, yeah. I have. You never yeah, know what's yeah. going to happen in our pre-show or post-show, so make sure you, you stop gotta on by. you got to be here for the pre-show. You know yeah. what I like about collectibles, gents? <laughs> I like when you collect things and then, I mean, I don't like when the games disappear or the companies disappear, but it's always neat having those collectibles or items when something no longer exists, right? Like my, yeah. my glasses from Let It Die... Death vs. Let It Die, the game that lasted I, literally <laughs> three or four months before they shanked it down, and it's supposed to wow. come back, but we'll see about I know that. Where this joke is going already, and uh, <laughs> and I have, <laughs> I also have a press pass. Yeah, this year yeah. was going to be my first in-person E3 event. I oh had my. obtained my press passes was working with Reed Pop and the ESA and everything to go cover the event and I was pretty excited like back in the day I used to work for a video game store and the owner went to E3 when it was industry only right but mm. he he never took the staff so I never got to go so E3's always been one of those things that I'm like I want to go to that once uh, right. I just want to go to that once and then they opened it up to the general public and I'm like oh cool at some point I could go to E3 once. And I know E3's changing and not quite what it once was, but it'll still be cool to say I was at an E3. So even though Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft had all said we're not going to be there, uh, other companies had said they were going to, Troy. Ubisoft had said, hey, if they have it, we'll be there. The ESA was like, stop saying that. We're having it. Uh, (laughs) So... You know, I was, I was looking forward to it. I had my press credentials. I was good to go and everything. And then did, Ubisoft... Did they actually send you a pass? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lanyard okay. thing. And okay. and I'm like, okay, great. Yeah, great. And they're like, just bring your lanyard, your ID, and a business card. Uh, when you check in at the table, we'll scratch you off the list. You'll be good. Fantastic. Great. Okay, okay. yeah. Yeah, well, now I have a press pass to an event that isn't happening. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they said that it was definitely positively going to happen. Yeah. I yeah. could swear we reported on that. I know. <laughs> I know. You, especially when Ubisoft said, if it happens, we'll be there. The next mm-hmm. day, ESA was like, stop it. We're we're yeah. having it. We're yeah, revamping yeah. it. We pulled in repo. Re, uh, <laughs> <laughs> repo? <laughs> Those people. Uh, we pulled in Reed Pop, uh, who does PAX East and other events. They're going to help us rebrand this, do a little something different, blah, 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 blah. And then Ubisoft decided we're not going to go. And then Tencent and Sega decided we're not going to go. And then we start kind of asking, well, who the hell is going to go? And then, Troy, the inevitable, unsurprising announcement came this week that, yeah, ESA canceling E3 in what, I said on the MMO Bomb podcast, so if you want to check that out, Troy and I were on that Friday, 
has to be one of the most embarrassing ways for this to have gone down, right? To talk about revamping it, bringing in a new partner, doing things differently. We're going to make this more of a relevant showcase than it has been in the years past with the competition they have from games show, the Game Awards show and Summer Games Fest over Jeff Keighley's place and, you know, in his basement, I think, is where they host it. And, <laughs> um, and, and then to, like, battle back against Ubisoft, Yves Guillemot saying, if it happens, to say, no, it's definitely... And then within, like, two weeks, have to issue this... Hey, this event that was going to fire in two months, yeah, we're canceling it. Yeah, all that rebranding and all that attempting to stay relevant and stay in the news and be like, yeah, we're we're definitely doing this. The industry showed them real quick just how irrelevant they actually are now, and, and how the industry doesn't need need that type of a showcase anymore. They can do their own showcases. It's easy to do that kind of production stuff from from your studios and stuff now. Yeah. I swear, I swear at least a year or more ago when Jason was still on the show, we all talked about yeah. how E3 really needs to pivot and find a new audience or else they're not going to be able to do it again. Yeah. And lo and behold, here we are. <laughs> uh, here's the thing I want to ask you, you gents. I, Yad, I don't think it's coming back. I, honestly, this is such an embarrassment, the way this went down. I feel like the only way this could have been worse is if we were closer to the date it was supposed to fire. Like, the only thing that could make this worse was every day it clicked closer to the event waiting to make this announcement. Right. This it has got to be... And the ESA keeps swearing up and down that there is a place for EA, even in a revamped... Fa or uh, E3, in a revamped fashion and everything... But there, I, they've got to find the hook, right? Right. That's the, that's the problem. The song they, you want to listen to on the radio because it's mm -hmm. got a hook. There is right. no hook for E3. Right. They they need to do something that the other shows aren't doing. The other thing that I want to say is rather than having the company saying, yeah, 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 if it happens, we'll be there. No, you get signed contracts that they will be there not a dude going yeah yeah handshake because i mean sure um when i started doing conventions in uh 96 and stuff like that a lot of the guests and things like that that were there that's how they kind of operated i mean sure this was anime conventions and comic book conventions but the guests that's kind of how they operated was with a handshake and a smile at over dinner yeah i'll go to your con and then you know you get in touch with them and send them a uh a plane ticket and all that stuff but as the years went on you start getting contracts now. You start saying, you know, you're going to show up. There's, of course, an act of God clause in case anything happens and both parties are covered. But if, you know, you've promised to go there, you've signed a contract, you have to be there. That That's the, I mean, yeah, the whole thing with Ubisoft, that's what you get when when you don't have a contract with these companies go and you know, they trust you and they want to show at you because at your show, because you know, you're doing something unique. You got a hook, but they don't have a hook. What, they what really... is the answer, Troy? Because in this day and an a day and age where all of these companies have already figured out that they can do this on their own, in their own studios without leaving home for virtually free. Right. They can get their message out to the consumers they want to get their message out to in the Sony State of Plays, in the Nintendo Directs, in the Xbox showcases, you know, in, in all of these, the Square Enix showcases. In this day and age when Sony can go down to its basement, fire up the cameras, 
pay two hosts to read off a teleprompter because they don't know what the fuck they're actually talking about. Uh, when you have that ability and you want to get your big PlayStation 5, PlayStation 6, PlayStation 7 announcement and showcase out there without having to compete or be directly compared to Xbox who went on stage before you and Nintendo who's going on stage after you, how do you revamp E3 into an environment that not only gamers want to go to, because we want to go to it as a celebration of gaming, right? Am I going to see some cool announcements? Cool. Am I going to get my hands on time with some stuff? Am I going to be able to buy some cool merch? Am I going to be able to meet some people from cool companies? It's okay to view it as that because a big portion of the event is that. But when you're the ESA, you are trying to convince Sony, Nintendo, Xbox, Square Enix, Capcom, Sega, everybody to not only get there and be there, but pay to do it. Buy a booth. Set it up. Get your staff here that you're going to have to pay all those staff. Maybe have an announcement or two. Do you want to be part of a panel? There is big money involved for these companies getting to E3. So where's the hook for them? They're not going to do it out of the goodness of their heart to celebrate gamers and gaming as much as we might like them to do it. And there's a lot of competition in in the PAX uh, conventions, which there's too many of those, but uh, the PAX conventions, uh, the Summer Games Fest, the Video Game Awards, and then IGN has its streaming thing. In this world, what is the catch? What is the hook that gets gamers and the companies to be in the L.A. Convention Center at the same time? You know, if I knew the answer to that, I would not tell E3. I would just open my own convention <laughs> <laughs> and make my own money and keep them just as irrelevant as they are. You know, a nice little niche for them. You know, a nice little niche for them. Um, show actual gameplay where people are actually really yeah. playing the game live. Ooh. That would be interesting because we don't usually get that in gameplay demos. Right. Hands on, actual hands on stuff. That would be, that'd be pretty nice to have. It's sad. Like, it's kind of end of an era, although it, I, I say that, but even we on this show and <laughs> other shows for the last, like, four years, and let's take the two years of COVID out of the equation, but the last four or five right. years have, like, slowly been watching E3 die. Like, mm. <laughs> like it's not a surprise. I just no. don't know how you come back from this. Uh, I, really, I really thought they would have a pathetic attempt, uh, like a last gasp this year. I, them actually canceling it this year caught me a little bit by surprise because I thought they would put on like a really poor show and then that would be the end of it. For them to for them to cancel outright uh, did surprise me just a little bit uh, in that hey. they didn't have their that little like dead fish flopping type attempt. We're we are like what? What did you say? Two two months out? Something like that. I was I think it was mid June. Off the top of my head, or early okay, July, so, something like that. Okay, so two two and a half months. Uh, yeah. If in order for something like this to go, they had to have not actually had a contract with the hotels in a convention center. Oh, because I, I'm uh, I don't know if, if that's did, true. Because if they did, they're paying out. Oh, the they're going to pay out. But uh, so the email I got personally said it was it was literally two sentences. It said, hi, Mike, we understand that you've been in coordination with us to obtain your press pass credentials for E3 this year. Thank you so much for your support. 
Uh, unfortunately, we'll be canceling the event. We know that you may have already made travel arrangements, and we appreciate the support and apologize for the inconvenience, the E3 admin team. That, like, that's it. They were like, we know you probably booked wow. flights, but get bent. Like, and it's not wow. that I expected them to, like, refund or anything, but it was really, like, two sentences in the email. It was kind of like, wow, that feels bad. And yeah, then to, to, like, make this big deal about bringing ReadPop in, bringing an outside organization in to help you revamp this, and then to still have it fall through, ouch. Ouch. I mean, they, they could have brought ReadPop in, and ReadPop took a look at it and went, you're boned. <laughs> so they canceled it. I well, mean, I, I think one of their statements, it. Troy, to IGN had something to do with like they weren't able to verify the all of the attendees because people were so up in the air about whether or not they were coming. Something to that effect. Like, like mm -hmm. I said, contracts. They didn't have contracts. Can you can you imagine? Could you just imagine being in a position where Ubisoft doesn't want to attend your thing? <laughs> not only that, they were gonna go to L.A. Well, they are. They're doing much like Xbox was doing. We don't want to be part of E3, but we want to be in LA around E3, and we're going to showcase our own stream around the same dates as, L uh, as E3. Ubisoft is planning to do the same thing. So, so there's going to be all these other yeah. gaming events yeah, yeah, happening yeah. in LA yep. on those dates. Yep, Xbox is going to be there, and Ubisoft is going to be there, and there's some all other... Right. And uh, right. Jeff right. Keighley's doing the, like, the pre-event stuff still. Yep. All right, so here's how you pivot that, okay? <laughs> because they're already doing their own shit at that same on those same dates. So instead of actually hosting an event, you throw a fucking party. I think what I'm gonna you do is I'm gonna them all to your party. I'm just gonna get like Havoc, my brother, right? I'm just gonna get him and be like, "Look, you're gonna be my cameraman. We're gonna fly right? out. We're gonna go to these events." And every fucking news hit I do, I'm going to be like, hey, it's Mike Byrne from Ready Check Radio and MMOBomb.com at not E3. Now, let's take a look at the <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> like, just everything. Not yet. At not E3. Not E3. You throw Because it's totally E3 in like seven tenths, is what's now going right. on. Yeah, but, but yeah, you, you throw an industry party. That, that's what you do. You, you know, screw the big event. You. You you uh, rent out a hotel ballroom and you you throw an industry party, <laughs> right? Uh, like the Game Breaker I mean, BlizzCon parties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and then you know you get back in good with all of them. Then you start writing out the contracts. <sighs> Jeff Keeley, by the way, wasted no time throwing shade, Troy. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. funny None. <laughs> An hour or so after the announcement, he uh, which wasn't an announcement, by the way. IGN no. broke the news, which forced the ESA to reply to the uh, to IGN. Mm. Then the email I got, which was probably within a half hour after that, had a link to E3's site. For more information, click here. The site had not been updated to reflect that it had oh. been canceled at all yet. Oh. But Jeff Keighley, within like an hour of the news breaking, <laughs> he posted a picture on Twitter, and uh, the comments, he said, the tweet said, here's 15-year-old me at the first ever E3 in 1995. E3 meant so much to me and so many to you, too. Four years ago, I realized that E3 wasn't evolving as it needed to compete in a global digital world. So we started building what's next. See you at Summer Game Fest, June 8th. <laughs> <laughs> like, just that's, see you there. Pretty good, though. I mean, that's some good promotion. <laughs> it really is, actually. Like, it, it was immediate shade. 
yeah. immediate shade. I don't know. So as much as I may, you know, to Kyle saying that, you know, Jeff Keighley can just go away. He's part of the reason E3 is gone. <sighs> I mean, uh, it's you, possible. I can't, I can't disagree with the sentiment because, yeah, he's certainly, some of the things he's spun up have been direct competition to E3 and put strain on the show itself. But mm -hmm. Jeff only spun those things up because E3 was failing to evolve into a digital streaming world the way the rest of the world was going. Right. You know, if E3 had been willing to kind of evolve with the times, I think Jeff Keighley's still there, you know, doing doing the stuff with E3. Yeah. So you're not well, like, wrong. But, but like, like you said, if if at this point in time, or three months three months from the date that it was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, it was be, June 14th and, or something. I yeah, looked it up. And and you cannot confirm what companies are coming. Like solidly yeah. confirm. These companies have booths. They are set up here. They will go here. They're scheduled to come in on, at this time at the airport and leave on this date. Yeah, two months ahead of time. I should Booked be looking at, at the hotel. booth yeah. maps. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 The, the layouts should be done already. The uh, the panel schedules should be in there, you know, in one form or another on the paper with still some some things moving around, but it should mostly be there. Um, your your art, if you have an artist alley, that should be set up and ready to go already on the map. Um, your hotels should be booked out solid. You know your room blocks. If you have a rave or whatever, that should be set up with all your DJs ready to go. You know. This should be already done. You should be on autopilot by this time. It's just a hard sell in this day and age to, I think, do a show like E3, right? You go to Comic-Con, obviously, because there's going to be celebrities there, and but you're paying for everything that you're going to do with those celebrities. Pictures, autographs, headshots, all that stuff. There's going to be vendor booths. and you know, We love going to these types of cons, but those types of cons are in a different bucket. Those are revenue-driving cons. You, as the average consumer headed in, are going to spend money at the food booth, spend money at the vendor booth, spend money to be with the celebrities, buy some new comic books or some graphic novels from the local artists and indie artists that made the, the traveling thing. You are the reason they're there. Right. They came because you are going to come and open your wallet. E3 has never right. been like that. E3 initially was able to hide in this shell of the internet isn't a thing. If you want to know about the latest, greatest coming out in electronic entertainment, this is where everybody shows it off. This is the only chance you get. That's no longer a thing. So why no, would Xbox put money into coming and sharing a stage with its com uh, competitors when there's no revenue stream of us walking in the door besides the potential for us being customers down the road on some future projects or some uh, products. So it's very weird. Like, how do you monetize it? Because that's what's going to make Square Enix want to be there, Troy, right? Where is my payoff? If I spend $6,000 to get my team and be there to do this, how am I getting that $6,000 back? And don't tell me, well, you might sell more copies of Final Fantasy six months from now because that's not what Square Enix is going to want to hear. Especially when you can spend a thousand dollars and do it from home. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, to Cal, right? It has led to some iconic moments. E3 is some iconic oh, moments. Yeah. But exactly. Like, why would you, as Sony, put yourself in a position, pay to be in a position to be flamed with uh, the comments from somebody else, right? Why, why do it? 
just I, I just do the Sony state of play and turn it off and call it a day. It'd have to be like Troy said, you know, for the fans to actually get their hands physically on a demo copy that they can play there and only there. And there's zero incentive Check for a company out. to do that unless you're going to give exactly. them five or ten bucks out of your wallet while they're there. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. It's it's a weird spot. I don't think there's and a and I'm not going to do that to play a demo. Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't no. think there's a place for this type of showcase anymore. It, the the only thing I can kind of see, like other than the fact, like I said, the fact that all the other companies are ready out going out to that spot on those days to run their own events, you just throw an industry party and call it the E3 industry party. Yeah. The other the other option is just to you know close it up to industry only showcase again like it started i mean oh. that that's that's the only other option they i say see, they're not giving up on it because they they are yeah. convinced there is a, a valid reason for e3 to still be a thing but without a massive revamp at this point i can't see it i just right. i can't that's, see that's, it that, that has been proven otherwise right now yeah and i'm somebody that's literally trying to find a good reason because i don't want it to go away <laughs> Right, no, I, I, <laughs> I still want it can't. to go away either. It, it, it'd be great to actually show up there, even if it wasn't what it used to be, because it's freaking E3. You know, the name recognition is still there. Yeah, Just not, not only is being in love. person um, amazing and fun, being in person after two years of not being able to be in mm -hmm. person yeah. is even better. <laughs> right. Just but, learn to love your new Lord and Savior, Jeff Keeley, and, <laughs> and move on with your lives. <laughs> Uh, all right. Speaking of Nintendo and Nintendo Direct and type of stuff, uh, we got 10, 10 or so minutes of actual gameplay of the new Zelda Breath of the Wild coming out in May. So we're not we're a month away. Can't wait. Troy, man, we got a busy week that week, right? We got Zelda. We got Redfall. Like We got, we got all kinds of stuff coming. Troy and I are going to be busy with Redfall, baby. We are going to mm -hmm. be busy. We'll have to stream it on the channel here. But uh, we actually saw a lot of gameplay, including some of Link's new moves uh, as far as rewinding time a little bit or going up through the roof of different places, which when I saw that, I was like, that is really neat. I would hate to be the programmer on this game. Right. Like you're sitting there, you're like, okay, I got to build this and then have collision detection and this and this and that. Oh, oh, wait, you want me to also be able to have him... Oh, go up through this thing that normally has to have collision detection. Uh, it's just like there's there's a lot of I cannot wait for this. Troy, I can't imagine. You're like not a console guy at all. You've never like seen any Zelda game and been like, I, I really want to play that. And just like never been drawn to trying a Zelda game or trying a um a Mario platformer game. Like how how can you not be into consoles at all and see some of the games that you just don't have the option at all and never will to play on PC in a legal fashion? You know, sometimes it does hurt. Sometimes it does make me jealous. And sometimes I, I get right on the cusp of going and buying a Switch. <laughs> <laughs> but then I, then, I, then I stop myself and I'm like, six months from now, am I going to care as much that I'm missing out on this? And, and the truth is not, not so much. Uh, would I love to experience some of the stuff? Yeah. But then six months later, some of the shine has gone off of this kind of stuff. And it's not as perfect as everybody said it was when it first came out. I'm not saying it's bad. Dude, Breath but, of the Wild know, is still a baller game. I don't care what yeah, Dom but, says some about of the, it some not of the being shine a Zelda game. Comes off of it, <laughs> and some of the FOMO goes away. So 
it's it's not nearly as bad of its existence. There's there's plenty of games on PC. So have you ever played a Zelda game? Yeah, like the old NES ones and stuff, yeah. So what what was the the most recent Zelda game you personally had your hands on a controller for? Uh, the most recent was yeah. just uh, the original Zelda on NES because I still own oh, the NES. Jeez. Never played Link, <laughs> Link to the Past. No. Ocarina? No. no. Not, oh, my God. I know people who are obsessed with Ocarina. Uh, yep. How about, I, I remember, how about a Metroid game? That's absolutely your cup of tea. Uh, Probably Super Nintendo. <sighs> wow. I mean, at least you played a fantastic one in Super Metroid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Super, Super Nintendo was the last uh, Nintendo. No, excuse me. N N64 was the last Nintendo console I owned. That you personally own? Yeah. And you still you, you didn't buy Zelda Ocarina or Majora's Mask for it? No, I was playing uh, Madden's and WrestleMania 2000 and stuff like that back then. Nice. nice. What, no golden eye? <laughs> what about you yeah Yon? i do have i do have golden eye uh we actually played we've talked about this before yeah uh but with my group of friends we actually played sarge's heroes uh in multiplayer on, on the same screen instead cool. of golden eye and we just i don't know something about that game just attracted us and that's the one we played but i did play golden eye solo what about Ocarina, what about Ocarina and yeah, uh and, and majora's mast was was kind of when i actually was playing playing other than that um I kind of veered towards the PlayStation end of things <laughs> after that <laughs> with PlayStation two and three. Well, we had Xbox. So yeah, I but... beat the hell out of the first breath of the wild <laughs> and it was quick too, like within a week or so of it coming out because I just did not stop playing. Uh, and that's not like anything about the game being short. I did a ton of side, not all, but I did a ton of the side stuff, uh, all the towers and all the puzzles and stuff like that. So, uh, that is the game was not short. I just probably played it way more than I should have. <laughs> like, in, in the, if I'm being honest, in that week and a half, two weeks, and I will do the same thing with this. Some of the new move sets look cool. I really like. I was sad to see that the weapon durability bullshit is still in here. I did not uh. like that in the original one. But what I do like in this one is like the fusing thing where like you're seeing on your screen right now, he was running with a stick. Yeah. He saw a pitchfork on the ground. And so he, Link uses a fuse ability to fuse his two weapons together. Now he has a super long pitchfork or a stick <laughs> with a huge rock fused to it. And now its durability goes up. Now you're seeing some of the arrow stuff where you can fuse items with your arrows and create a, a, a target seeking arrow or an arrow that freezes people just by... I do like this whole like crafting system. Later in the video, you're gonna see uh, them building boats and rafts out of shit that is and vehicles. Just like they said, hey, we showed pictures of these vehicles. People like them. You need to know they're not in the game. These are just gotta, things we built, <laughs> like in the game. You're gonna yourself. build your own vehicles. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, this is a pretty robust looking crafting system for a Zelda game, and that has me pretty excited right. too. And I bet, I bet Dom's gonna say that makes it not a Zelda game. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Percentage chance that it runs like crap to Kals is a, I'd say above seventy percent. I don't know, dude. The original Breath of the Wild was really solid, and it's, you know, it's Nintendo. Nintendo doesn't have, I'm not saying everything they put out is perfect, but they don't have like the reputation that like Square Enix does with when it comes to PC ports. 
Like right. when you get a Square Enix title on PC, you're just like, this is going to be trash for the first two weeks. Uh, I should just wait. <laughs> like Nintendo generally doesn't have that. But Pokemon isn't Nintendo, though. You you said Pokemon says hi, but that's not made by Nintendo. Um, no, no, they they spun that off to the uh, the the Pokemon Corporation. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I'm not saying friend... all Switch games run totally fine, yeah. but Nintendo does have this kind of this bar that they like to aim for, and we'll yeah, see. There, yeah, it doesn't. But that's amount. that's my point though. Game Freak is owned by Nintendo. Fine, mm-hmm. but it's not Nintendo developing it. I'm, t- I'm talking about their right. in-house titles, their Zeldas, their stuff like that. Even Metroid has kind of n- become not in-house anymore and is just published by Nintendo. Uh, but Zelda is one that they still hold internally with the Mario, the mainline Mario games, the stuff like that. So, yeah, generally, Breath of the Wild ran fine for me on launch, and I have no reason to think that this one won't uh, run fine. We'll see, though. Maybe, hey, shitty games come out all the time. I'm really looking forward to this one. But yeah, like like you said, Mike, the a lot of the uh, what we would call a first first party game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First like party, Zelda and Mario and stuff. Nintendo tends to really hold on to that quality because it's developed for their console. Except so when they, they let the Philips CDI have a go at some right. Zelda games back in the yeah, day. Yeah, well, 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 we're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, yeah, sure, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, uh, and then they went, oh, oh, yeah. shoot. Oh, um, my. Yeah, let, oh let's my. not do that again. <laughs> uh, two quick things, and, and Troy and I aren't, aren't going to dive into these. We talked about them on the uh, Always Online podcast on MMO Bomb. We might give a, a general opinion or two here, but I wanted Yod's take on both of these things. Uh, Multiverses, the brawler that's from Warner Brothers, has been right. in open beta for a while now, getting ready or was getting ready to launch its third season. Paid season passes, cosmetics, like it's it's been launched, even though it's still right. been under the open beta flag. Well, they're now going to shut that down. Uh, having player counts drop to the three digits, eight hundreds at any mm-hmm. given time on Steam, they are now shutting the open beta down in a month and a half, and then that's it. You can't play it until launch in early twenty twenty four. Troy and I gave some really negative opinions on this one, but uh, I'm wondering what you think, Yod, because you know you do have to test things and have betas and maybe shut down and fix some things from betas and then come back. But this is a game that is was getting ready to launch its third paid season right. pass, has been collecting money left and right for months, right. not giving refunds. Like, what the hell? Right. Right. So, so yeah, like... The, the article that, that you had us on the show notes was written by Troy. And, and I do have to agree with him there that when you have your third paid season, you're making money on the game. It's no longer a beta. You can try to, you can call it a beta if you want, but let's face it, it is, you know, it is sold. It, it is out there. It, it is. You, you, you've gone gold with it a long time ago if you're making money off of it. There's really no point in shutting it down unless you're completely revamping it for some odd reason. I, and I don't see a reason to do that unless for some reason... I mean, Multiverse has a lot of characters in it from a lot of different IPs. 
Yeah, the only I thing mean, that they don't, they don't have to pay licensing, though. It's all Warner Brothers-owned characters. So the only See, this, this is it. The only thing I can think of is that some of those IPs got sold off. Or the companies that owned those IPs separated from Warner Brothers. Or Warner Brothers themselves, because Warner Brothers just had a big shake-up not oh, too yeah. long ago yeah. of their leadership and merging and all that stuff. And a whole bunch of uh, TV shows got shuttered. Um, and some, some movies were, never actually, released. Good, some movies <laughs> never released, which was rather interesting. But that's neither here nor there. We're here to talk about video games for now. <laughs> and, I'll tell you so, why. You want to know the why? Because eight, 817 people were playing it when I wrote that article. Yeah. That's that's your why right and, there. And that is bad. But what do you do to get more people to play? You, you don't shut, it, shut down. it down. Yeah, How no, you shut it down. <laughs> you shut, <laughs> right? That, that, that gives you 800 less people, not any more people. Yes. <laughs> you shut, so, it, you yeah, shut it off. I don't know why they would do this. What? Who in their right mind thinks this is a good idea? And and you know, and to shut it off for at least a year, you said about 2014. Yeah, it's gonna be if we estimate it's gonna be between six and nine months. If they if we give them early 2024 as like the entire first quarter, yeah, people are gonna forget about the game, no doubt. Nobody's gonna care about it anymore. That, that's, what a, that's what a great time if you're working on a brawler to launch right right now. You've got a <laughs> right. nice, sexy little window right now. <laughs> right? They have said that when they come back, if you own cosmetics or bought the $100 Founders Packs or anything like that, you will still have all that stuff. Sure you will. Like, sure. You will still have all that stuff. Until you don't. <laughs> until the game just doesn't show back up. Yeah, like, until you don't. You will still have them until you don't. Messy. <sighs> I also wanted to get your take. There's a whole copyright thing going on with Dark and Darker uh, right now. I, I did look at that, and and um, it's you know, initially it was like really easy to be on Dark and Darker side because there was a smaller indie company and Nexon, the big one that nobody likes, was kind of beating them up and saying you stole our me. assets. And they brought a team in, and uh, Dark and Darker had a third party team come in and audit their code and their assets, and they were like, no, none of this was stolen from Nexon, but. As we're learning more and more about this, I feel like I might actually be on Nexon's side of things here. Uh, and if I had to pick a winner right now, I'd probably go with Nexon because now the game's been taken down off of Steam. Nexon DMCA right. copyright claimed it. So, you know, and there's going to be litigation over this. But when you have the person that's in charge of a Nexon project that was basically dark and darker or that right. type of game, working on it with a team for a while, and then Nexon shutters that project, and you leave, and like 17 people leave with you, and you go found this other company, and you start making basically the same game. Even if you use your own assets, your own code, and or you buy Unreal assets, which is a lot of what Dark and Darker did, when you start creating basically the same game, their whole argument is Nexon doesn't have a copyright to a genre, you know, you can't say, "Hey, we we own that genre." <sighs> that's not to me. That's being maybe a little disingenuous, right? You worked right. for Nexon. So, Whatever you started creating, they own. Whether whether or not you were, they were decide to release it as a finished project or not, you can't just go create the exact same thing and say, "I used a different elf, so therefore it's fine." So so okay. So here's what it kind of boils down to, for me. 
as an artist, yes, I understand you want to you poured your heart and soul into this IP. You want to make this IP a thing, a reality, okay? So you've kind of brought it over to your own company and have done some things to it and things like that and maybe it's not quite the same the problem boils down to though is what did your contract look like when you worked for the other company yeah you're like no competes your non-disclosure agreements who owns creative properties that type of stuff and like while i while i enjoy most of the things that come out of marvel and disney what disney's done with marvel and and uh and star wars and stuff like that uh, some of it but anyways while i enjoy that stuff i don't ever want to work for disney because <laughs> under on their contracts when i was going to college we talked to someone from disney disney came and and uh, uh recruited out of the college i went to when i talked to that per- when we talked to that person under the contract that they have no matter where you are, as long as you are an employee of Disney, if you are doodling on a napkin at home while you're drinking your beers, winding down to night, they own that. Whatever comes out of you, they own. It's in the contract. So if their contract is that way, well, that's the way their contract is. And that also boils back down to back in the day with uh, Marvel Comics before in the uh, late not, uh, mid to late nineties and stuff when when the whole bunch of artists peeled off and formed Image Comics, is because everything they created at Marvel, Marvel owned, but they signed the contract. So until you peel off and make your own stuff and make it different enough, because I mean, let's face it. When Todd McFarlane draws Spawn, he looks like freaking Spider-Man with a cape. <laughs> yeah. all of, so all of, hold, hold uh, on, Tikal said something in chat. I do think we yeah. we need to to say because he was talking about there was a he was watching a vid where Disney and Fox got into a legal altercation over Peter Pan, uh, and Fox yes. was saying, "Hey, we moved his knife to his boot, not his belt." Yes, changing hook on for the Captain yes. Hooks on the other hand, and Fox ends up winning. So it sometimes can be as simple as just changing an elf. Uh, I, it, I don't think that that one, while while an okay example of copyright uh, and how the best type of distinct, legally distinct, can work can work in your favor a bit, uh, Peter Pan I don't think is a great one to use because Disney doesn't own the rights to Peter Pan. Right. Yeah, Dis- so, Disney didn't create Peter Pan. Right. right. They didn't Peter cre- Pan so is that, a little that art is their depiction of Peter Pan. And right, so just right. changing the art and saying, this is my depiction of Peter Pan, that is make two or three small right. differences and you have a, a valid defense. Exactly. And and when it when it does boil down to it though is that it is a 30% change in America cuz that's the other thing we have to we have to remember. Yeah, none of us are Korean We're, law experts. Right. <laughs> right. South Korean law may work differently. In America you can change things 30%. Like I said, whenever Todd McFarlane draws Spawn, he looks like freaking Spider-Man with a cape. But he's freaking Spider-Man with a cape with a different color scheme, a lot of chains and skulls. That's enough for him not to be Spider-Man. In China, you ain't got to change shit. Yeah. (laughs) 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 So, you know, it it all depends on what your contract said when you were there. But yeah, that, that's my take on it. It's the best type of distinct. It's ours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, man, Troy, that was good. Oh, By the way, oh, a little oh. bit of trivia for you. The people that do own the rights for uh, Peter Pan are the Great Ormond Street Hospital. Yes. Uh, that who uh, That's who owns the copyright for Peter Pan. Yeah. J.M. Barry gifted the, the that hospital the rights. So. Mm. Uh, just a little trivia there for you. Some some miscellaneous news hits before we head out for the day. Hey, Troy, I don't know if you were surprised to hear this. We've kind of bashed this game a bit. Uh, Lord of the Rings Gollum is delayed again. Uh, it's not going to... Again? Yeah, it's, 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 an, it's now delayed into May. So we saw this for the first time back in 2019. It was going to be released in 2021. In 2021, it was delayed to 2022. In May of last year, they revealed it was going to come out in September. Then in July, they announced it had been delayed again. And now, as of this week, it's going to come out in May. <laughs> May 25th. I know oh, sure? you are super pumped for this <laughs> weird, stealthy adventure, Troy. I know you, you know, are. It's funny because just today, I was just I was eating lunch and I was cruising through YouTube. And I stopped on a Watch Mojo list article. And they let it was uh, like nine games that are releasing just to die. And they let <laughs> off with Skull and Bones, Ooh. followed immediately by Gollum. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. That's a fun list. I mean, that's yeah. seriously yeah, that throwing was, some shade. Like, Ooh. Ooh, this 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 is good. I like throwing shade at stuff. This one's spicy. Yeah. I just <laughs> As much as I would love this game to be like decent, I just don't have any confidence in it. I, I it doesn't look it. good at all. The 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 scene, the scenery images look pretty okay. Pretty okay. Gollum looks like butt. He does look <laughs> bad, and it's it's also weird not not hearing uh, Andy Serkis as the voice uh, too. Well, but I mean, it, it all boils down to why would you want to play Gollum? <sighs> yeah, like I mean, why? I'm a huge Lord of the Rings guy, so I don't mind that part. I'm like, oh, that might be interesting to play as Gollum, and yeah, it does make sense that that would have to be more stealthy gameplay because Gollum is sneaky and not very strong <sighs> and stuff. Like, I get that. Let's uh, that could be neat, but then every time I see something, I'm like, this is gonna be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be bad. Ugh. The Australian government wants to hit uh, any games with loot boxes uh, with a mature rating, and that includes games like NBA 2K games, FIFA games, stuff like that. So instead of having the G rating for general audiences, it would slap them all the way up to a mature rating, uh, calling it simulated gambling. Getting Good. an R18 place. You, you, want, you all for that, Troy? Yeah, I'm all for it. Slap them on there. It's gambling. Gambling is gambling. I'm good with it. Yeah, it's. I, I'm totally good with it. But it's like, who cares? Um, like, <laughs> is the, it gonna make a difference? Yeah, no, probably not. Yeah. Have you ever is been sure rating sticker? When you were when you were underage and the game? ESRB became a thing and ratings were a thing, did you ever get carded to buy a video game? I have not. No. My kids have not. They were just. Like, there were just certain games you couldn't pick up at Walmart. You had to go to like GameStop or something. Yeah. Yeah. Very weird. But yeah, I mean, go for it. I'm all for it. I I am I'm amazed by this one. To Cal saying not once. Yeah. I know one or two states, California, I think was one of them for years, tried to like make it a law the way they card for cigarettes and beer and stuff like that. Uh even if you look 70, they're like driver's license, please. Uh, right. Uh, but 
there was so much lobbying, particularly if I remember right at the time, I think a lot of the lobbying came from Toys R Us, but also Walmart, yep. where they were like, we don't want to get involved in having the check IDs for yeah. game and, and movie purchases like this. Yeah, I was going to say, I never got carded at Toys R Us for buying game. No. RE4 Remake is absolutely fucking gorgeous. It's absolutely freaking amazing. You want to talk, Takao was talking earlier about 70% chance that it doesn't play well, and we see a lot of that, particularly on the PC side of things. Uh uh. 23,000 Steam reviews as of the time of this writing, 97% of them positive. What did the article say? Article say as opposed to Last of Us Part One port. (laughs) 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 Now that doesn't mean that there aren't bugs. In fact, Capcom has issued a warning for a very odd particular bug that could halt and and reset some progression. So it's not perfect. We're not trying to imply this perfect, but twenty three thousand Steam reviews with a ninety seven percent positive is a fantastic number. And here's the even more impressive number. The remake hit three million in sales already. Two days. Two days. Making them dollar dollars. That is very impressive. I do have to put a well, I do want to put a caveat on that though, in the fact that the original more than likely you had to go out and buy a physical copy of. Well, yeah, because it came out on GameCube first right. and then went on other places. It really right. wasn't a so, digital world yet. Right. So that still doesn't that still doesn't mean it, that like that's any. No, no. It just because it's it was impressive. easier yeah. for me to give them sixty or seventy dollars. I still had to want to give them sixty or seventy. Right. Right. Like, like I said, it's a small it's a small caveat. In but it, it's the fact that at one point in time we had to actually find the time to go out to a store and purchase it, as opposed to just going click. Okay. Good. Oh. That sounds terrible, Yod. I know, right? <laughs> it took Going the. Outside. By the way, for comparison, it took. It did take. Since you're talking about originally, the original Resident Evil Four, it took a year to hit three million. Right. The remake did it in two days. Like I said, small caveat. Very small. <laughs> small but caveat. Yeah, you know what? I think those three hundred and sixty-three days. That 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 gave people travel time to go to find a GameStop or a Walmart. I mean. <laughs> Oh, is it not deck confirmed yet? I mean, it doesn't. Uh, I haven't even looked, uh, but it may, would make sense to me that it it is not. I don't know that deck confirmed is always as thoroughly tested as they try. <laughs> like it is. Resident Evil Remake Four runs just fine on the Steam Deck, but does require a little extra effort to smooth it out a little bit. This is not like their official thing. This is from Dextero. Uh, while the RE4 Remake demo gave us some concerns about the full game running on Steam Deck. We thankfully not had much to worry about since full launch. So it, it may not be showing as like green checked, but Dextero at least thinks it's it's doing pretty good. Okay. Good for them though. Good for them. Yeah. Uh bad for them. I hate when companies do this shit. EA is laying off almost eight hundred people after reporting seven billion in net revenue and about five billion in profit. Stupid. That was B billion. Yeah. Typical freaking large corporation. Mm-hmm. On the flip and side of things, we are getting a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Last Ronin, and Yod, you sent that to me. This is incredible. It, oh, 
my god that story i still haven't finished yet because i i can't i mean the comics came all came out already and i have them all it's just it, they they came out at a point in time when it was right about when my brother passed last year and the two of us were really big Teenage Mutant yeah Ninja and i think fan. that would be a bit dark read at that point too it, yeah it, it's so i haven't finished the last two issues yet but oh my god the story is amazing i'm not going to spoil anything here for anybody no. but if you don't know what the teenage mutant ninja turtles last ronin is it's basically a story where the turtles have been killed there is one left one. seeking samurai type vengeance um mm -hmm. and i'm not going to tell you who or what or why or any of that yeah. stuff but that is the basic setup and we're getting a freaking game it is super dark do not last ronin is totally legit you're right it is oh, super dark. Uh, don't think the Saturday morning cartoon Teenage no, Mutant or no, Shredder's no. Revenge. I cannot wait no. for this game. No, yeah, I've got, I've got that laying around somewhere. It's going to be like now, a God the, of War style game too. If you're if yeah. you're wondering. Now the comic did spawn a new series, from what I understand, where there's four new turtles. That I I I and like I said, I haven't read the story yet, but I want to say, you know. The the survivor is training them, maybe, but I'm not certain on that. Who's training them exactly? I can't wait. So they're, they're yeah. It's it's we. Here's wow. the thing, though. All we know is that it's going to happen, and it's going to be a God of War type ish game, and that's according to the artist who collaborated or is collaborating on it, who also does the art for the Last Ronin. Um, we don't know what studio is doing it. We don't know what platforms it's going to be on. We don't know what the release date is. Like this one's a long way off, but it's badass. It's absolutely badass. Yeah. Troy, what are you going to do if it's not on PC? You got you got to buy a PlayStation Five, right? You have to at that point. <laughs> you have um, to. One of these days, someday, I'm going to end up buying a freaking console for one stupid game, and I'm going to feel like a dumbass afterwards. It's going to be this game. It's going to be gonna this love one. Love it. Yeah. He's going to be like, I got to be the Ronin Turtle. <laughs> I got to find this out. Uh, hey, by the way, Silent Hill 2 Remake is not ready for release, <laughs> if you needed to know that. Why, uh, would, why would you think it was ready for release? Well, because there was an interview and some tr fan translations on the internet kind of scrambled some things a little bit. So there was a mistranslation that mentioned that the remake was technically ready for launch. Bloober team clarified, said those statements were taken out of context due to inaccurate translations. It's also not true that we have announced that Silent Hill 2 remake is ready for release. Regardless of the development stage, all of our activities are focused on obtaining the highest quality for the finished project, the quality the fans of Silent Hill 2 deserved. We'll have more information as it becomes available. Also, as part of this mistranslation, uh, they there was a, in that mistranslation a mention of like a sales forecast saying that Konami was looking for this to sell 10 million copies. Oh. Bloober team also cleared that up. They said our company's message didn't contain sales forecasting of specific titles. Those figures were instead referencing the potential success of the types of games we'll be focused on in the future. Some Resident Evil games have passed the 10 million mark. So sure, you know, having a potential bigger target for horror games, fine. So not almost ready. And no, Konami is not looking for that bitch to sell 10 million units. Because even though... I want it to sell well. It ain't selling 10 million units. It just it just isn't. 
I could see it eventually, but yeah. Oh, yeah, it would be one of those like 15 years down the road, Silent right. Hill 2 remake yeah. crosses 10 million units. Right. We're just four days away, gentlemen. Before we go do uh, our games of the week, Troy, any plans to see the new Super Mario Brothers movie in four days? You know, probably not in four days, but probably sometime while it's in this theater run, I think we will go see that. You think you will? Yod? Yep. I kind of want to. The wife's a little iffy on it. <laughs> there, there's a movie studio grill tavern place next to us that we haven't tried yet that I want to try. And I'm thinking like a noon showing when all oh, the there you people go. are still in. Spice her up with some good food. Sunday. Be like, come right, on, right. you know. Come right. see this and, movie and, yeah. with me. I'll take you to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like I said, all, all the kids and people are still in church on Sunday. Maybe hit that up so that you know nobody's in the theater. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my thing. It's going to be like sometime when there ain't a bunch of kids around and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie here in the States comes out Wednesday, April 5th. Doc Holliday in chat saying, taking the fam. Baron Vagabond says, my nephew has already informed me that I will be taking him. <laughs> Tikal <laughs> says, I'll go see it on a random Tuesday afternoon in a few weeks. I know we want to like get a family thing together. I know I don't know if Havoc's, uh, Havoc and I talked about this, but my other brother, Lou, Corey, he, 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 the first time he saw the trailer, he was like, we're all going to see this together, right? And I was like, yeah, we'll go see it together. <laughs> so I don't know if we're going to be there opening day, but probably opening week. Let's slide over and finish things up today here with Games of the Week. Games of the Week is the way we end every episode of Gaming Gumbo here. It's where all three of us are going to give you a game. Could be something we're playing now, played in the past, never played. Could be PC, console, video game, mobile, board game, trading card game, whatever that we think you should check out. And you let us know in the comments below who gave the best recommendation. We're going to start with you, Troy. Uh, I'm going board game again this week. I'm going with Space Base. A fantastic, if you've ever played Machikoro, it's similar to that. You've got some. You've got a pad of numbers spread out in front of you, and you're buying ships to to set inside of these numbers. And then you roll two dice, and depending on what sh resources you get from rolling those dice, depending on what ships you've chosen, you get those resources and you pass it around the table. Well, the fun part gets as you get more and more ships, you start getting stuff when other people roll the dice as well. <laughs> so it's a race to forty, but you're paying attention on every player's turn. It's never, it's no, no downtime at all. Every time somebody rolls, you've got to look at your board and see, okay, he rolled a six and a three. Uh, I get this and I get that, and then when it comes back to my turn, I can buy this ship out here and put it on here. And then the next time they roll a six and a three, I'm really gonna make bank. So it's a fantastic game, no downtime. Uh, it lasts a little longer than you might expect, but it's not like a two, three hour game, nothing like that. So what, what's it called again? Space Base by John D. Clare. Space Base. What you got, Yad? Well, the Tetris movie came out this week. So I've got bricks under brain. <laughs> oh. Go play some Tetris. Is that uh, still only on uh, Apple TV? Wink, 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 wink. Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Well, you'll have to let me know if it ever comes out on something that isn't Apple TV. You'll have to let me know. You'll have to let me know. Uh, All right. What's that? I'm, uh, I'm going gonna, gonna to go with, uh, if you're looking for a brawler, 
I suggest taking uh, Multiverses. Check it out. It's a great <laughs> little brawler about uh, some Warner Brothers characters, and I'm going to tell you what, why I'm going to recommend it, because in a couple of months, I couldn't recommend it to you. So don't don't lose <laughs> fear of missing out. Get there and play it. That's going to do it for this week for Gaming Gumbo. No Torchwick after the show tonight. We did make it through with all the wind and the storms and everything, so that's cool, too. We'll be back, of course, here next Thursday with the Relic Grind episode 100. Episode 100. Mm-hmm. And then the following uh, Saturday for Gaming Gumbo. And, of course, our Final Fantasy TCG uh, locals live gameplay on Monday nights and all the streams through the rest of the week. Tarkoth will be going live tonight, midnight Eastern time. Make sure you show up for his Final Fantasy 15 stream. Watch our Twitter and everything. You'll know when he goes live. It's his birthday today. Now, the stream, it'll still be his birthday, his time zone when he's streaming. (laughs) So it'll be fine. Wish him a happy birthday. Until then, Yod, where can everybody find you? Uh, Yacht Art works on uh, Twitter, Yacht Art works on Facebook, and right here on Gaming Gumbo. Troy? It's WrestleMania weekend, so if Cody Rhodes doesn't win the championship, you can watch me have a meltdown on Twitter at Noobfridge. Oh, isn't that free <laughs> on Peacock now? Uh, I don't know. It's like five bucks if it's, if you don't have the if you've already used your free like preview thing. Oh no, we have Peacock because of the cable package we have through Comcast. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. yeah so what time's that start? Then? Uh, it's starting right now. Uh, I probably know like six people. I haven't watched wrestling yeah. in so long. Yeah, it's it's a two night event now. So yeah. tonight is certain matches, wow. and then tomorrow night's like the main events. I'm stuff. Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at Magic Man One, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers later.